You're watching the Sports Objective, the podcast for Pirates. That stadium is going to be rocking, and heaven help whoever walks in there to play us. Sustain effort and violence, you play your ass off. You're watching the Pirate Preview on the Sports Objective. Join us every Tuesday night on YouTube Live as we're joined by beat writers and other media members as we take a look at what lies ahead for the Pirates. Now, here are the guys. It is a first down. Pirates. Welcome into the Pirate Preview. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the Sports Objective tonight via YouTube. Also, Facebook Live, or if you're listening to Archive, pretty much anywhere podcasts are found, you can find us. Pirates headed out to Provo, Utah on Friday night for a you know, matchup with the BYU Cougars, third matchup in program history with BYU. And uh, you know, later on tonight, we're going to talk to John Fisher, who's an equipment truck driver as um, the, the Pirate equipment truck is currently en route to Provo. But uh, right now, very excited to be joined by former BYU quarterback and current color analyst alongside Greg Rubel. That is Riley Nelson. Really appreciate your time this evening. Good to be with you this evening, fellas. Well, Riley, as you take a look at this matchup, um, you know, obviously BYU has had a rough go up the last few weeks, but this is a very capable football team, as we know, ranked as high as, uh, what, at least 12th or something this season. Um, but just tell us about the last few weeks and what has been going on for the Cougars. Yeah, I mean, it all started against Utah State. Jaron Hall sprains his AC, goes into Notre Dame not having practiced. Uh, he threw a little bit of pat and go and routes on air on Thursday, but it was only about 20 balls. Comes out, first play of the Notre Dame game, throws a pick on a ball that's like, 10 yards underthrown and it kind of set the whole tone for the game. And then the defensive woes started to emerge in that game in that everybody in the entire stadium know that they were going to their all American tight end, Michael Mayer. Right. And BYU still couldn't stop him. He went for a hundred or he went for 13 catches, 160 yards and two TDs. Right. Like it was just, it was just frustrating, but BYU fans, myself included, we kind of justified that like, you know, Notre Dame's got four and five star dudes and, uh, it, it was a neutral site, but it was technically, you know, it was a Notre Dame controlled the tickets. So it was basically an away game. We only lost by eight. All right, we can kind of stomach it. And then you come out. So, so that game you lose and you think you lost it because they're just better than you. Then you come out against Arkansas, who you knew was going to be a stiff challenge, but you felt like you matched up with and you just can't keep pace and attract meat and uh, largely due to your own mistakes, right? Like Arkansas wasn't doing much to defeat you. You just couldn't, you know, you couldn't play clean ball. You weren't uh, pitching and catching and was not good, was terrible on third downs, and the defensive woes got worse. And then you think you've got a get-right game, but you're traveling across the country to Virginia against the Liberty squad that was 5-1. Five, five and Looks like we lost Riley. Uh, Riley, you cut out on us there, uh, audio and video. See if we can get Riley back. Yeah, right. Riley signed out, and he'll sign back in shortly. But uh, as he was kind of leading into Kyle, you know, 
the cross country trip to Lynchburg. You know, um, obviously, uh, Liberty made that trip out to Provo in the last year or two, and um, yeah. you know, huge freeze in the frame, the Flames. Um, they they really lit BYU up. BYU jumped out to a fourteen to three lead, but then uh, from you know the beginning of the second quarter on, it was it was all Flames as Liberty outscored BYU thirty eight to nothing. Yeah, Liberty's got a good offense. I mean, Hugh Freeze is an offensive genius, and Liberty's a good football team. They're six and one now on the season for a reason. Um, one thing I noticed there for, from Riley is he talked about the losses. You know, you look at the quality of the opponents they lost to. Notre Dame is Notre Dame. You know, they, they struggled early. They've been playing better football as of late. Arkansas's quality SEC program with a good offense, and Liberty, despite you know the lack of name recognition has been a very good football program in recent years, and they're 6-1 on the year. So BYU has still got a good football team. Uh, it, it's, they, they, they've given up some points the last two weeks to Arkansas and the Liberty, but those are two very good offenses. So um, I, I do think maybe the demise of BYU has been a little exaggerated, but, uh, you know, he knows better than I. But I uh, – I, I I still think they're a heck of a football team and gonna gonna be a tall task Friday night in Provo. Yeah, um, one of the things um, not having seen, but just you know, you know, a few series here and there of BYU this season. Uh, one of the numbers that really jumped out to me, you know, especially during this current three game losing streak, you know, they're giving up um, in those three losses to Notre Dame, Arkansas, and Liberty. Um, they're giving up between 270 and 275 yards rushing per game uh, for the season. It's 203. Uh, but, but that was, uh, I was like, I was like, I hope uh, that continues. You know, you see keep Mitchell and, and Marlon gun, uh, you know, have, have a big evening. They, Friday. They, they're a big defense. They always have a big defense. Their defensive line is big. Linebackers are big. So if, 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 the, if the line can block Keaton speed, uh, could be interested against those guys if they have trouble stopping the run. Yeah, Kyle, I think uh, – sorry about that, fellas, by the way. I'm on my phone, and when I got an incoming call, it kicked me out. But, Kyle, you do – you know, I am highlighting the loss, and that's kind of what everybody's focused on out here in Provo and, and BYU land because, you know, I thought you had a legitimate shot against both Notre Dame and Arkansas, and then you thought you should definitely beat Liberty. And to me, the ways – and then the other thing that – has happened a little bit is your wins don't look that good. You know, South Florida's struggling. Baylor's a 500 ball club and Utah state and Wyoming are kind of middle of the pack to bottom half of the mountain West. So you don't, you don't know. A lot of people are out here like, well, we thought we knew who this team was, but obviously we don't. And I mean, everybody looks after all of the BYU fans out here after kind of doing the same thing with Liberty you know, you say, and you are right, by the way, Hugh Freeze. I, I said this in the pregame. I'm like, Hugh Freeze is one of only three coaches to beat Nick Saban, Nick, Nick Saban twice in Tuscaloosa. Like, right. that's no small accomplishment, right? And, and those dudes were coached up. But we see the same thing, or at least I do, see the same thing in East Carolina. You throw the ball around the yard. They got backs, small, quick backs that give defense. You, make, you guys mentioned how big the front is, but they're not the most athletic dudes. I think that's one of the things is – from last year to this is while the size on the defensive front has, has stayed the same, the athleticism maybe has dropped off a bit. And, uh, and then, and then the thing that's been so discouraging is, 
yeah, we got big dudes on the offensive and defensive side of the, uh, of the ball, but defensively, we are like last in the country in tackles for loss and sacks. Uh, opponents are averaging five yards of carry on the season. And then offensively, BYU is managing a meager 3.2 yards a tote, you know, when we were supposedly, uh, you know, had, had two kind of went out in a conference, but two kind of all conference caliber guys that maybe the NFL was taking a look at. So uh, BYU's got a lot of questions to answer for themselves. And uh, they're, I mentioned that they were hoping Liberty would be that get right game. I think people are hoping East Carolina is going to be a get right game, but they're a five and two squad that's got a lot to play with. And the other thing is, you guys know, being big longtime football guys, is winning's a habit, but losing's a habit too. And a lot of what you saw against Liberty, as you mentioned, Bubba, the 38 to nothing run that Liberty ended the game on, uh, there was a lot of things that came out there that made you question if you know, the losing tendencies were truly becoming a habit and can this BYU team kick themselves out of it? What What is BYU's, I don't know if you're going to know this off the top of your head, but what is BYU's record in recent history coming on the East Coast? Because I know you guys played at ECU several years ago. It was one of your worst teams that I can yeah. ever remember you guys having and the Pirates got the better of, of the Cougars. And then, uh, you know, you lost to Liberty. Have you guys had – I mean, you know, I know obviously you won in South Florida, but, uh, you know, anybody can do that. Uh, yeah. Besides that, what is your success rate on the East Coast? Because that's a couple time zones. It, it seems like it would be – traveling from east to west is bad enough. Traveling from west to east is, is even harder. So, Florida and uh, – yeah, so it's bad. Now, it's been buoyed up the last couple of years. They went out and played UMass. Uh, you know, they played UConn as well. So they were able to kind of get some of the lower tier programs on the East Coast and catch them. Like, but you mentioned Florida. Yeah, they beat up on a bad South Florida team. Part of that, Zach Wilson's senior year, his bowl game, they played in the Boca Raton Bowl against Central Florida, who had lost Dylan Gabriel, right? It was a team that was really beat up in Hypo. Right. Uh, t- took the Tennessee job. So, you know, not not a great – and they beat up on Central Florida, but that was their first win in, in, in Florida and – in program history, they were 0 and 8 going in, including myself. I went down and took a beating at the hands of the Seminoles <laughs> back in 2010. I'll never forget that game. Uh, but uh, no, anytime BYU has to cross two time zones, it does not spell it does not spell good fortune for them. And you'd hope, you know, they thought they were going to kind of have a little bit of that with Arkansas coming up to Provo, but they weren't able to slow them down in the least. Um, you know, I know that, that, but that was a bright, sunny, nice, warm game. You hope that the cold temps, it's going to be around 40 for most of the game with East Carolina. Hopefully that plays a little bit mentally. Maybe, you know, out here when it gets cold in the fall nights, the ball gets a little dewy and a little slick. Maybe that slows down an East Carolina passing attack that's averaging over 300 yards a game. Um, you know, maybe can slow down a little bit of the rushing attack. But look, but those are all things. That's just wishing and hoping and luck. The reality is this BYU team and Coach Satake said it in the post game interview after Liberty is like it's looking for guys that want to play football, guys that are going to fight for sixty minutes, and uh, guys that are going to go out and play the game the way it's that's supposed to be played, and it's supposed to be played violently, physically, and with great effort. Do you guys do you feel like this is a have to game where uh, you guys have to have this game to to have any kind of semblance of a successful season and make a bowl game? Um, totally. I, yeah. So so you look at the remaining schedule. Sorry to cut you off a little bit there, but this is a have-to game, and here's why. BYU, terrible track record at Boise. You thought Boise was going to be uh, tough the way they started the season, but then they switched offensive coordinators yeah. and, and have won. Uh, they're, 
I mean, they're not looking like the Boise of old, but they're looking like a, they're a Boise team that's five and two, and you have to play them at home, and they are going to be in the middle of a hunt to win the Mountain West uh, or to be in the Mountain West Conference Championship game. So at the beginning of the season, you thought that was going to be a win. It's no, no longer looking that way. You've got FCS Utah Tech coming up, so there's your fifth win. And then you thought you had Stanford, right, a struggling one-win Stanford team until the week after you lose to Notre Dame, they turn around and beat them. So now all of a sudden, you know, and they beat Notre Dame in South Bend. So now all of a sudden you're like, wait, Boise and Stanford aren't wins. We thought they were the first month of the season, but they're not. Okay, we'll pick up Utah Tech, but that's only five. We have to beat ECU. You know, BYU has to beat ECU if they even want to get to six and six, which is the bare minimum for bowl eligibility. Yeah, I see what you're saying, but I will caution all the fan base, you know, and, and people were saying the same thing here. We, we were we were a three and three football. What were we? Three and two. We were, we were three and three football team. That's right. Five and three now. We had lost to Tulane, lost to Navy, and people were, we're the bowl. You know, how are we going to get to a bowl game? Look at the remaining schedule. And then we beat Memphis and UCF back to back weeks. So you the 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 the, the you, you know you play you know better than I you you play yeah. quarterback at BYU the 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 flip can, the switch can flip and the season can yeah. change in, in a moment's notice. This game scares the crap out of me personally. I I, I hate this game. I I hate traveling to, the, to to Provo, Utah on a Friday. I I hate that it's you know forty degree weather. It's a short week. I, I hate everything about this game. If if yeah. if COVID was still a thing, I would. I would, if I was the head coach, I'd be making up COVID excuses left and right. I hate this game. Um, yeah, and and for good reason. I mean, here's another thing too. BYU is the last kind of Halloween on, right? And this is on. This is the Halloween weekend game. But in in Independence, they have like a ninety plus percent win percentage. Now, part of the reason is they get lesser caliber opponents because everybody's in the thick of their conference schedule. But as is ECU, you know. ECU's in the middle of battling out to stake their claim in their conference and do that. And, and this can, game can kind of be a distraction. You've got to come out to the Mountain West. I, I'd, I'd venture to say 60, maybe 70% of the roster, maybe even 80% of the roster. You know, this is going to be their first time out at altitude. The stadium's at 4,000-plus feet and, you know, playing in 40-degree weather. And while, you know, I don't expect uh, the, a great turnout, it's been 60,000-plus so far this season. There's still going to be 50,000 there. You know, that's a little bit of a down game for BYU, but there's still going to be 50,000 fans there. And if BYU gives them anything to cheer about, they do a pretty good job of juicing the place up. And so, you know, the Pirates better come in here, you know, ready. But uh, as I look at it just schematically and as I've watched film on ECU, like it, a, lot of, a lot of what they do, BYU has not been able to found, find a consistent answer for. So while there's a lot of those maybe circumstantial uh, elements of the game that are in BYU's favor, once the game kicks off between the sidelines, I think this is a major gut check for BYU. No question about it, Riley. As far as uh, we've, one of the things that I know one of the other co-hosts, um, Matt Semenza, will be joining us in a little while, but he actually talks about, like I do, uh, you guys are a brand name, and we like the fact when we can play. In fact, we in uh, – years upcoming uh we have uh boise for a home and home and um it i know that you guys are going to the big 12 um but do you guys like playing i know you like to come on the east coast but a team like an east carolina would you guys uh keep us on the schedule i know you're not the athletic director but is that like as far as the fan base do they like a game like an east carolina 
Yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't know. What what town is East Carolina in? I think Greenville, North Carolina. Yeah, you're in Greenville, North Carolina. All right, so Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. But uh, so I'm talking Coastal Carolina to Zach Wilson here, right? Um, you, you go out there and the reception that BYU got, the number of fans that they were able to get there. BYU does like these games. Now there's less opportunities to fit them in, but they love them because uh, BYU has a true national fan base. Most of it has to do with its affiliation with the church, right? The church members show up and support the athletics. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, ECU is one of those teams that it, it's a team, as, as you look at filling out a, a Big 12 schedule, it's a team that you should beat, but also East Carolina puts, they play good ball out there, right? And, and uh, has some very good alum, Chris Johnson prime among them, right? And, and he always has young and upcoming coaches. It reminds me a lot of kind of Utah State here in our own backyard, but it's a little bit more of an exotic opponent that gives you a little bit of different look with a little bit different athlete. Uh, that's on the field. So uh, I think these now, whether specifically East Carolina, I don't know. I, that would depend on the relationship between the ADs and how scheduled things, but programs like East Carolina, to me, I think definitely have a place on BYU schedule as they enter the big 12. You mentioned, um, you know, we, we talked earlier about playing East coast teams and you mentioned playing Arkansas and, uh, and all that. Um, and you, you call, you use the term exotic opponent. Um, how do you guys you, – you, you know, you, you guys got a bunch of big boys. You have always have a lot of guys, Samoan guys on the defensive side of the ball. Um, how, how do you guys think that the Southern speed do, – do you, do you see that as a real thing? Do, do you see Southern teams being faster than teams from other parts of the country? Or yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. We, we struggle with it big time. I mean, you could see that. I mean, uh, I'm forgetting his name. Sherrod, anyway, the dude for Liberty, 17 carries, 180 yards. Like, he had a great day on us. Um, they, we just struggle. You mentioned the size. It's the size versus speed, right? So the cream of the crop, right, the Clemson's, the Ohio State's, the Georgia's, the Bama's, all those dudes, they get the dudes who are big and fast. From there, you kind of have to make a decision, and a lot of it has to do with the, the region of the country. In the, in the south, as you come down, there's probably more – good football players that are undersized but fast uh and and so those dudes fill up kind of those those programs you come down from the top tier out here in the intermountain west and even in the west in general there's probably more dudes that have the size but not maybe the athleticism and the speed so it really is uh you know it's a good uh not complimentary but kind of conflicting styles of athletes that you fill your roster with i just every every you know call it G5 school that we've played from the South or the East uh, speed has been a problem. Uh, and, and then every kind of G5 school out here, I, you know, I played uh, my first year at Utah state, my brothers played there. They seem to have, you know, they got dudes across the line that are measuring six, four, six, five, three, 10, three, 20. You mentioned the polys, the big corn fed, fed white dudes. The problem is, you know, they can't move, right. They got tight hips. They don't have great lateral movement and, even if, you know, you get a back or wide receiver that breaks through the first line of the fence, oftentimes they're getting hawked rather than taking it to six. To six. So the, I do think that the depth of rosters are filled out with a different type of athlete. And in just my experience, the more the smaller, speedier type athlete tends to win out more times than not. Do you guys uh, on defense, you know, I've watched you guys play. I watched you play Baylor and uh, watched, I think, the Utah State game. Um, did, did, but I didn't take note. 
Do, do you guys uh, do you guys do more man or more zone defense, or do you mix it up? Uh, more more zone recently. Uh, so the problem with man that they've had is no pass rush, right? And uh, even with even with five, and they're not they're not going to go six, right? Even with five, they don't seem to be getting home. They're one of the last teams in the country as far as sacks. And so they're like, well, we can't leave our – you can't ask anybody to cover for more than four and a half, five seconds. And so when you can't get a pass rush, what you got to kind of do to stop the bleeding is you got to cover it up on the back end with the zone. So more recently, it's, it's, zone, it's been zone coverage. They were pretty 50-50, uh, those games you mentioned. Um, but expect more zone. Although with how bad it looked against Liberty – Maybe they maybe they'd come out and, and completely change it. I will say this though, philosophically and defensively, BYU just hangs their hat on the fact that the major, the majority of college football programs cannot execute deep enough into a game long enough, put together enough, you know, eight, ten, twelve play drives to score enough to beat us. They maybe have two, maybe three drives where they can put together a double digit play drive that ends in the touchdown, right? Well, that hasn't proven to be the case as Liberty had five touchdowns of double digits or more. Every one of Notre Dame's touchdown drives, every one of their four touchdown drives was a double digit drive that chewed up clock. So uh, their, their theory has been broken the, the, in recent weeks that teams actually have been able to execute against them for long enough. Um, and what it's done is basically the defense has played almost, if you look at number of plays, the BYU defense has played two more games than the offense has. Uh, because the defense has been on the field so much longer, they can't get off the field. And then conversely, they've gotten a bad case of the three and outs that the offense can't seem to stay on the field and put together drives either. So, um, like I said, like I kind of started out at the beginning, I think majority of BYU fans expect BYU to to win this game, but they got a lot of uh, leaks they got to plug. I was just going to ask about injuries, Riley. I know I'm joining, I was joining a little bit late. I don't know if you guys are talking about it, but. As far as injuries are concerned, uh, how do you guys – we have one of our running backs out for the year with Rajay Harris, but uh, it's probably the biggest name that can come to the top of my head. But what about you guys for uh, BYU uh, as far as injuries are concerned? Yeah, middle linebacker Peyton Wilgar. They kind of have uh, four, Keenan Peely, Wilgar, Tooley, and Ben Bywater. Uh, Peyton Wilgar of those four main linebackers, he's, uh, he's going to be out for the season. Uh, but other than that, they're probably as healthy as, they, as they've ever been, especially on the offensive side of the football. Now, Jaron Hall's been dealing with an AC joint separation, um, but supposedly that, that has gotten better. And I will say, no, he didn't throw the ball that much. He was, you know, I think he only had 17 attempts against Liberty, but he didn't seem to have the, uh, the issues pushing the ball down the field that he did against Arkansas and Notre Dame. So offensively, they're as healthy as they've ever been. They are going to miss that line. They're going to miss Will Gars and linebackers out for the season. The rest of the other guys are, you know, probable to questionable. And so BYU should be as healthy as they as they have been at any point in the season. Yeah, Mike Houston alluded to the fact that uh, you guys are going to get a lot of players back this week. Um, your, your running back got banged up against Liberty, so he's going to be good to go. As far as I know, yeah, they didn't. He was probable um, in the presser last week, and BYU's normally pretty. They're normally pretty straightforward about about who's playing and who's not. So yeah, between Chris Brooks and Miles Davis, both of whom have had a you know a hundred yard game, uh, but it's just it just hasn't been there consistently enough. Hopefully, one of those two can kind of break out and provide some kind of stability for this offense 
to be able to build upon and, and, you know, possess the football and put some drives together and ultimately more points up on the board than, than the 14 they managed last Saturday. So you guys, you know, you mentioned you guys feel this is a must win. You guys are three point favorites. Uh, do, do, uh, does your fan base feel this is a game you're going to win or do you feel like they feel like it's a game they hope to win? So the pro- every, they're shell shocked. I think, I think they still feel like they're going to win it, but everybody thought that against Liberty as well. And, uh, and obviously you look what happened there. I mean, it wasn't even 38 to 14. That wasn't even close. That wasn't even like, Oh, a couple plays go, you know, ball bounces a different way. That was like, you went and got beat up by a team that your fan base was sure you were going to beat. And so everybody kind of is questioning that. Although I will say if you were to take a poll, I'd say the majority feel this is a game BYU should win. Gotcha. And I know with the special, what about special teams? How are, how are you guys? Can't kick a field. Yeah. They can't, can't, they haven't attempted a field goal in four games. That's because um, in the two games prior, they were 0 for four on field goals and two for six on extra points. Hey, so we got kidding. something in common. Yeah, I was, ready to that. I was getting ready to tell you, Raleigh, I thought you guys were having an advantage. I didn't I didn't know that about you guys. I missed uh, I missed that missed that memo. But man, this has been the worst. I will tell you guys. Hey, look, Saturday night was we, we only missed one field goal. I, I, know, I know I'm talking about this I'm not talking about the previous game. The season as a whole until Saturday night. Um, there was what at least six extra points. Missed. Uh, six extra points, uh, yeah. and I don't I'm know how many field goals. goals. We haven't attempted a lot of field goals. Uh, I mean, BYU's kickers. looking for BYU's looking for baby steps. They made both their extra points against Liberty, and so like, and, and that was the first game. They that was the first time in two, they'd missed all their extra points prior. So they were going for two against Arkansas and the second half against Notre Dame. I'm calling it now. It's going to come down so, to somebody making a field goal to win the game. Oh, no. Yeah, no, and, and hopefully and hopefully it's not BYU. Like I said, they put the kicker away. They literally have not attempted a field goal in four games, and everybody was like wow. – There was like sarcastic cheers from the BYU fans that went that, that were at Liberty. You can't when they do made, that. When you, they made you, the extra points. Yeah, you, it's you crazy. can't completely abandon the kicking game. That's that's not realistic. That, that's, I, I'm am t- telling you, when BYU's trying to find answers, it's more than just defensively, and and a little bit offensively, it's it's in all three phases. Which again, guys, I'm not I'm not the most optimistic. That that's what I was going to ask you about the the very thing. This is the worst. If you want to use this rally, this is the worst we've had since uh, 1998. And then Bubba Bubba's a stats guy. Bubba that's the teams you're referring to. Special teams, yeah. Uh, the worst kicking we've had since 1998. And if you go back uh, before that, Bubba mentioned 92. We only made two field goals that season. So wow. I didn't know that. Uh, I don't remember yeah. that being as bad. But that's those are the two. Usually our special teams are decent or very good. But this year has been tough. Last week we finally – maybe we're turning a curve. But it's been – people are cheering really loud when we make extra points now. So. Yeah, I mean, I, the other aspects, the return game is just okay. Um, and then you know, the coverage units are fine. BYU does have a punter that can kick the crap out of the ball, but nobody wants to cheer for a good punter because that means your offense ain't doing very good. So, oh, hey, that. fellas, I, I, I hate to do this to you. I know we had some te- technical difficulties at the beginning, but if you got a last question we can wrap up on, I, I got a I got a pregnant wife with three young kids, and, and I'm getting oh, a lot okay. of texts. So if I can go give her reinforcements, uh, that'd be good. I totally understand that. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, certainly, I wish that we could make the trip. Provo, um, what I've seen on television is very beautiful. And I know there are a lot of fans that went out there. I know. In- hey, I got an odd question for you before you go. 
All right. Yeah, yeah. Last one. All right. What's the deal? I've I seen this on TikTok. Is it a real thing? Do you guys put creamer in soda? Is that a thing? Uh, yeah. So uh, the Mormon. Yeah. So here's all the background, right? The Mormon, the predominant religion, the Mormon religion, which is, you know, that's great. That's BYU, right? They're associated right. with the with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Has a no coffee, no tea rule. And so people still need their caffeine somehow. So they go to sodas. And just like when you go to Starbucks, basically what like hipsters have done to coffee, Mormons have done to soda. So, yeah, I mean, creamer, half and half. Wow. Like milk. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they call them they call them dirty sodas out here where you take okay. it, the, the plain sugary soda is not good enough. You add all sorts of different stuff in there. Uh, to, to spice it up, I guess. I, 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 for one, don't sleep good when I pump myself full of caffeine and being a former athlete, I, you know, soda was a no-no anyway. So I don't participate in it, but it is a very real thing. They have these little like little drive through shops. They almost look like uh, snow cone, you know, places that you see throughout the summer. And they just dispense sodas all day, and they put all the syrups, the creams, the, all that junk in there. Well, that's kind of so, it's kind of almost it's kind of almost old school brought back, kind of almost like an old soda fountain and a soda jerk where they would make oh, yeah. unique yeah. drinks, but kind of yeah. a new a new a new a new uh, spin on it. So, so okay. next time y'all are out here, you have to treat yourself to one. Good to be with all you, right. fellas. Thanks again. All right, all right. Have a good night. Appreciate you, buddy. Yeah. Bye bye. All right, Riley Nelson there, and I actually thank you, Kyle, because I had not heard about that. I knew about the. Uh, no coffee or tea. So I knew about that. I did not know about the, um, that's cool. I, I learned something today. I finally learned something today. All right. It's, uh, you know, when I, I wake up in the morning, I don't want no coffee and tea. <laughs> uh, finish the line now, Dave. Come on. I can't think of it off the top of my head. George Third, good, baby. Yeah. Uh, I'm one bourbon, one scotch, one beer. Yeah. There you go. There we go. I got, no, it's a drink alone. That's a drink alone with nobody. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. All right. So we are now we're uh, we're talking. Now we can talk trucker songs. Yeah, absolutely. On the road again. Let me. That's one of my favorite songs, Willie Nelson. So I know it's more about concerts and living that. But on the road again, when I'm driving, there's certain driving songs that I love. And um, absolutely. John Fisher, what is your favorite trucker song as a trucker? Do we have John? Uh, he's East Carolina football equipment truck driver, and of course Justin Butts. There's John. Hey, John. How's it going, fellas? John. All right, we, we we'll start it off. What's your favorite trucker song? Oof. Honestly, I don't know if I have one. <laughs> no, how can you be a trucker and not have a favorite trucker song? <laughs> EC Victory. Yeah, exactly. That's a pirate fight song. Oh yeah. And the favorite TV show has got to be BJ and the Bear. Oh, man, I, I love trucking songs. Are you kidding me? <laughs> breaker, breaker, one nine. Roll on 18 Wheeler, Alabama. Oh, yeah, Alabama. Driving my life away, Eddie Rabbit. Little yes, Rick Vaughn, Teddy Bear. Yeah. Hey, well, first of all, John, we appreciate you coming on tonight. Uh, you know, appreciate Justin Butts for setting this up. Uh, we know you guys are um, – obviously still several hundred miles away from Provo and currently traveling through the state of Nebraska, right? Yes, sir. We are actually stopping trying to get fuel now before we get into no man's land where we're not going to find any. And then we will be on the way to roll out the last, I believe it's 850 or so miles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Wes has a great one, by the way. 
I'm a huge Smokey and the Bandit fan. I think so is Kyle. Eastbound and down. Eastbound and down, baby. Well, only he's westbound and down. Uh, John, when, when you when you got this assignment, when you saw the schedule, and you, and you found out you're going to be driving from Greenville to Provo, I'm sure you've made long trips before. But where does this rank in, in the longest trips you've made, uh, whether driving the equipment truck or, or just driving in general? Um, when I first started driving, I did a lot of coast to coast from California to gotcha. Massachusetts and everything. So this isn't bad. Um, I haven't been. I don't drive over the road anymore. I actually work in the office and I get to come out and do this for football. Tim and Justin gave me the opportunity. Um, so it gets me out of the office and kind of scratches the itch of wanting to drive again. And, you know, coming this far out west, it's nice because you get to change the scenery. And so yeah, it's just, it's nice. It's different. Talk about the. Uh... Can you talk about as far as, you know, you weigh all the equipment, but how many pounds of equipment do we have? Do you know that off the top of your head? I do not. I would say between everything that they haul, I would, this one doesn't seem very heavy. Um, really? Do we I'd have any feeders in there? <laughs> that I do not know. I did not see what all they loaded. I actually oh, okay. showed up as they were putting the last few totes on. So, okay. but no, I'd say we're probably around 30,000 pounds worth of equipment. Well, wow. okay. that's really cool. And as far as uh, how long have you, you talk about the driving, um, how long has the company been driving trucks for East Carolina? You know, in total, I, I am not sure. I know, I believe they've been doing it for the last six years that I know of. Okay. That's very cool. I mean, that that's, uh, I know Bubba, Bubba, you and I would probably, and uh, Kyle, we'd be sleeping there. So, so John, driving the equipment truck, it, it, it's, uh, I'm assuming, it, you know, uh, it's, it's the big truck with the, with, with, with an ordered, the, the trailer's got all the East Carolina accoutrement on it, correct? Yes. So, do, do, you, do you get many comments at truck stops when you go in to, or, you know, do, 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 do you meet any pirate fans on the road uh, on these trips? Normally, I haven't. Um, I have had a couple trucks honk at us when we're going past them with the hookup. Nice. And um, normally, it's we get to the truck stops whenever I go to fuel up or anything. They'll come out and they'll ask, you know, what the truck is. And then when we tell them, they they buzz everyone else in the truck stop. They come out, they look at the truck, take pictures, and. Yeah, it's cool. I've always wished totally off topic. Well, kind of sort of off topic. I, I, I think somebody's missing the mark on not coming out with a die cast line. Oh, uh, yeah. 124 scale of all the equipment trucks for the different schools. I'd love to have them. Yeah, that would be pretty neat to have. Yeah. That, you have um, so much East Carolina stuff, Kyle. That would be, that would be awesome. In fact, uh, John, as far as, uh, as far as East Carolina is concerned, um, with the fan base, I know you're driving around. Kyle was asking about it. One question I do have is, do you have a favorite truck stop? Little, actually, Little America off of I-80. Um, there's multiples of them, but the Little America truck stops are by far my favorite. Why do you like them so much? They're just the way they're designed, and 
they're just very nice truck stops. Now you, you don't drive as much as you used to, so uh, you know, I, I, you, you, I guess when you get out on the road now, you enjoy it. Is there is there a favorite truck stop food? Is there is there a go to meal? No, um, I really don't like the truck stop food. It's all the same. <laughs> gotcha. uh, I do. I feel I try to get fuel at only loves when I'm out driving and it seems to be either Subway or Arby's to eat at. And I'm not a fan of either one. <laughs> so okay. they got the new Diablo chicken sandwich there at Arby's. It's supposed to be super hot. I don't know if you'd want that driving down the highway though. <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. What, uh, what's the, what's that truck stop? Um, this in South Carolina, they have now the, the really big one. Oh, uh, you're talking about Bucky. Bucky's isn't a truck stop. It's a big ass gas station. Okay. Gas station. Okay. I was thinking it was a truck stop, but it, there is a difference. Yes. I didn't realize it, so yes, that that's something I want to, there, there uh, is a really cool, uh, there is a really cool truck stop on, um, off I-95, uh in south carolina that has like every damn restaurant you can think of at it uh, are, you, are you familiar with what i'm talking about john no i know we have the one in kenley north carolina that's actually right by oh, yeah. us that has what seven six or seven different restaurants inside i, of I, it. I did not realize there was one in Ken- yeah. I, now i'm gonna have to go to kenley just for that Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's dude, a- dude, all right. Another question. We're just going to ask truck truck questions because if as you know, I, I got a, I romanticize it. You know, Smokey and the Bandit told you I love trucker songs. Do CB radios? Do you still use CB? I have one in here, but over the what last few the last few years that I drove, they kind of died out. Yeah, so the cell phones. Yeah. Yep, they are pretty much just in here for show nowadays. Oh man, what about as far as uh, you listen to like satellite radio? I know a lot of the truck stops you go to with I uh, have SiriusXM. Uh, do you guys listen to that? Being that you're going coast to coast, yes i I have SiriusXM on my phone because I listen to it. You know, wherever I'm at. So, what's your go to? Do you, do you do you like talk radio or music when you're driving? Uh. It varies. Depends on how long I'm driving. I'll listen to music or I'll listen to talk radio. Okay. So since you don't have a favorite trucker song, well, what kind of music do you do? you, do you, do you Man, drive I've, I honestly bounce around to pretty much everything. Um, okay. I just keep scrolling through stations. I got you. I got you. And by the way, uh, if our fans, Tire uh, Nation, you have a question for John driving the equipment truck. And you guys are in Nebraska. Do you have any questions right now? You can put it on YouTube or uh, face uh, Facebook. I was going to say FaceTime. Um, but, John, uh, seriously, with uh, how much leave time do you guys have to – is there a certain deadline that you have to have all the equipment there by? Like, is it yes. Day or how, what, how does that work? So we have to be at the hotel Thursday morning to unload – the stuff that stays at the hotel and then we have to be over to the stadium and stage before the team arrives. So when they get off the plane, the equipment team gets on their bus and they come straight to the stadium to unload the trailer and uh, set up all the coach equipment, the field, everything. 
Have y'all ever not made it on time? Have y'all ever got there? Well, not on time in terms of by game time, but have you ever got there late? Has you know, has something ever held you up where you, you were pushing it to get there and get sat up before the uh, the team got there? Not that I'm aware of. Um, we we are very good at what we do and making our deadlines. And like this trip here, I we have two trucks staged. Um, so if anything was to happen, we would have another truck to us within a couple hours to get up and be on the way. And as far as, uh, we were talking about what, what kind of, um, talk about the, uh, you were talking about the stuff at the hotel. What kind of stuff is at the hotel? We, we can obviously imagine what would be all the football equipment, but as far as the hotel, what kind of stuff, um, do the guys have and the ladies? Gatorades, waters, and then whatever else goes in there. They have a couple other totes, but I honestly do not know what they have inside them. Gotcha. Yeah. What about uh, as far as the when you were talking about driving? Um, I know another thing I see a lot of are people big into like uh, as far as TVs and stuff like that. Um, I, I guess when you there's two of you, so one guy could watch the television when other person's driving yes we we don't have one in here because normally it is only one driver oh, um, okay. and we're not going far enough but okay if you were out on the road or anything yes you'd probably have your tv microwave everything you would have in your house pretty much well that's crazy what did what is your uh what is your most you know most interesting or what's the craziest thing that ever happens to you driving trucks Oof. Um, probably getting some of the snowstorms that I've been stuck in. Um, been stuck in some some wild situations with dealing with storms and probably in predicaments I shouldn't have been in. So you just you get to a point where you just have to pull over, find a truck yeah. stop, get the side of the road, and just wait it out. Find anywhere that you can get pulled over and wait it out. Yeah. I imagine that can be a scary situation. At least, you know, you're in the truck, you have your sleeper cab, you have everything you need. So I guess once you get in a safe spot, you just know it's going to just mess up your time. Yep. So. All right. And uh, we do have a question. Let's go ahead and put that one up. Uh, Craig's asking, what's the best reception you have had driving into an away game town? And what's the worst as far as knowing, seeing that East Carolina truck come in? Honestly, this is my first year doing it, so oh, I right. haven't really, haven't really ran into anything. Um, it's normally when I come in, it's quiet, and I leave out right after the game. So normally, I'm on the road before most people clear out of the stadium. Yeah, and plus, you you, you drove to Bucker Raton. There was no South Florida fans. You drove to you, know, two, you drove to Tulane. That it was during fall break, so the students weren't there. And uh, so now this will be the first time where there will actually be fans to give a damn uh, when you drive into Provo. Uh, but yes, I don't, sir. That's what we're looking forward to. I don't imagine the Mormons are going to be too hostile. Uh, you're not until game time anyway. No, hopefully not. Wouldn't think so. Yeah. And as far as the – as far as uh, with BYU and well, with the big game – is there uh, are there places that you would like to travel to? Uh, maybe certain universities that you would like to take the equipment truck to? 
South Florida, nice and warm. Oh, I mean, preferably anywhere that's not cold. So you're hoping you're hoping that we end up somewhere in Florida for a bowl game. Yes, sir. Okay, that would be that would be really cool. There are a lot of us that would love that too, uh, John. In fact, uh, I don't know if you heard the previous guest, uh, but Riley he said that it's going to be 40 degrees on Friday night. So, um, and it's over 4,000 uh, feet above sea level. So, uh, you know, hey, uh, it's that time of year. So, I guess we can we can all expect it. it's going to be chilly out there, regardless if you're in North Carolina or I know if it's up in the nor- northeast. So it'll be definitely it'll be definitely colder. But um, hey, just about where you are, it's going to be cold now, right? Yeah, which surprisingly, it's honestly not as bad as I expected it to be. Um, we looked at the weather last week and we saw a lot of negative temperatures or was in the forecast. But as we got out here, I mean, I'm in Aurora, Nebraska right now, and it's 60 degrees. Wow. Wow. So. That's warm for Nebraska this time of year, for sure. Yes. Uh, One question, driving question I had, is there a state that you like the most, state that you don't or you do not care about what state you're in as far as driving a truck? Anywhere in the Northeast, really, I don't care about just for traffic. Um, but favorite state would probably be Louisiana. Why Louisiana? Why Louisiana? Louisiana? That I did not expect that. Food. Ah, good point. They have. Yep, they got the best food. Good point. The people there. I've been to Louisiana four times. Yeah, four times. And the people there are so. I don't know if you you experienced that, John, in Mississippi and in um, Alabama, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Very friendly people there. Yes. Very le- down home, laid back people that are really good people. That's that's been my experience there for, uh, like I said, Alabama, Mississippi, and uh, Louisiana when I've been there. So it's uh, a lot of fun. What kind of uh, what kind of you like the Cajun food? I take it then in Louisiana. Yes, the gator, boudin, everything. Oh, boudin balls. Yes. Beignets and uh, all that good stuff. I, uh, no, that sounds good. I, uh, I, I definitely can feel you on that. In fact, uh, Wes, uh, by the way, just uh, said as far as Provo, they just, uh, they just had about a foot of snow in the mountains there. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, hey, um, it is what it is. We're going to do the best we can with uh, that. And uh, as far as coming back, um, is, it takes a few days to get there. Uh, get back to Greenville. Oh, where are you guys located, by the way? I'm sorry. Um, wow. You're in the Kinley area? Yes. So it takes about, we figured about 36 hours to get across here. Um, we're pretty far ahead of schedule right now. Um, so depending on weather going back, I figure we can have the same luck we had coming out, and we should be back in probably 34 hours nice all right we got anything else for john yeah bubba wants to chime in now this may have been mentioned john i know you referenced the 36 hour trip um so if you would talk about um you know some of the logistics from a from a shift standpoint i know two drivers 10 hour shifts so whether whether it's that specifically you know or some of the other things the average person 
on a truck I'm sorry, you kind of broke up a little bit. Yeah, he was there. asking about uh, the logistics yeah. with, with shift driving with two drivers and yeah. how does it break up and such. Um, so when you leave out, you, you know, we left out of our terminal where we um, staged the truck at. Um, go up to Greenville. Once we leave out of the yard, we have, you know, a 14-hour clock um, that we are allowed to drive 11 hours in. So we start riding, and you know, the co-driver I have now is very experienced. Um, so I ran my 11 hours last night. I stopped in Indiana. He took over. He ran today, and then when he ran out, um, we swapped. And that's pretty much how we how we do the whole way. I mean, we'll stop to get fuel and to eat. Um, but other than that, we just keep driving. Gotcha. Have you had uh, experiences where you had like good drivers and bad drivers that are co-driving with you in the past? No, I mean, not with this company. <laughs> Justin's a. Uh, yes. Hey, John's not going to throw any of his fellow drivers under the bus yeah, no, or no, under no. the truck. <laughs> no, I try to. I when I first started driving, I did. Two yeah, Jimmy, he sucks. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I first started driving, um, I drove with a real good friend of mine, and I've only had two other team drivers that I've ever driven or road teams with. Have you ever Out seen any good-looking female truckies? Yes. There are yeah. a few of them out there. Yeah. All right. I remember there was one on Ice Road Truckers back in the day. <laughs> but, you know, that she was on TV. So I was wondering yeah. how many of them were really out there in real life. And Craig has another question for you on YouTube tonight. Craig asks, do they put you up in decent hotels? Yes. So we stay with, with the team. So we'll be in the same hotel that the team is in whenever we arrive. Nice. So you're not liking the dude drop in while they're staying at the Hyatt? No. Okay. <laughs> no, they take care of us pretty well. Good deal. No doubt. We're uh, very excited. Go ahead, Bubba. Oh, I was just going to thank John for coming on. We appreciate your time tonight, John. Safe travels and... Now, here's to a pirate victory on Friday night in Pedro. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. We had a lot of fun. And uh, uh, maybe one of these times, Justin will let us ride with you guys. What do you think, Kyle? You want to do that? Well, I, I damn sure I ain't going to be co-driving, but, yeah, I'd love to ride. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, John, if you ever got room for us, let us know. I'll, I'll, I'll bring my collection of trucker songs, and, uh, you know, we'll have a great time. You got your playlist ready. Right. You know. There you go. <laughs> Be safe, John. Thank you so much, man. Go All Pirates. Right, thanks for having me. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, John. Uh, very cool there to have you John. You believe I took my turn at riding Teddy Bear? I love that. Uh, yeah, I love those. I do like those songs. And when I was a kid. Hey, I, look, I'll, I'll send you something later, Dave. The Hank Hill, King of the Hill, uh, did did a version of Teddy Bear by Red Savine. It's hysterical. Yes, it's Oh, hysterical. my God. I love King of the Hill. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, All right. Just, just, I would love that. Hey, we love it when our viewers, um, you know, promote. Do I wear PGX driving gloves, Kyle? Yeah, yes, I do, Craig. All, all the time, I wear Thank them all you, the Craig. time. Thank you, Craig. You know how much we actually do love PGX gloves, and we're talking about that in a little while. But uh, right now, 
about the game. Guys, uh, I know Kyle, you're you're feeling nervous about the game. Bubba, yeah, you're, Bubba's like Switzerland. Do you think uh, how are you feeling about the game, Bubba? I think if we play the way we can play, uh, um, I, I like our chances. I really do. And the more I look at it, uh, I certainly understand a lot of the things that Kyle's saying. And um, those are certainly valid concerns, you know, be it um, the cold weather or um, BYU being a very capable team that coming off, coming off coming off three losses and, you know, you know, seeking to, uh, quote, get right, so to speak, uh, and, you know, finish their season on a strong note uh, as they're sitting here four and four um, and certainly not where they anticipated being. And, you know, the, and obviously, yeah, the altitude. Coach Houston referenced the altitude in his weekly press conference remarks on Monday, uh, obviously bumped up a day um, because of um, the Friday game. I loved his approach, by the way. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he said he said it's only an issue if you make it an issue. Yeah, I agree with him 100%. Uh, I, don't, I, I wouldn't even talk about it to the players. Uh, I wouldn't bring it up. W- wouldn't talk about it. Uh, Craig says he's with Kyle. This one scares me. Have to have a performance like last week. Well, of course, BYU is um, is not an FCS opponent. They're not a dog of, uh, obviously, FBS. And uh, I don't care what their record is. Um, they're still a good football, ke- good football well, team. Well, they're 4-4. Four four. They're, they're not 0-8. Oh, and, 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 they, right. and they have good wins. And they've only lost to, to good teams. It's not like they lost to a bad team. People are like, oh, Liberty. Blo-. Well, Liberty is 6-1 and one for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah, so it's seven and seven and one with a one point loss to Wake Forest, who's yeah, who's a top fifteen team. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, Liberty they've they've lost to Liberty, they've lost to Notre Dame, they've Arkansas. lost to Arkansas, and they've lost to uh, uh, who else was it, guys? Uh, Oregon. Oregon. Well, now, ask yeah. yourself this: <laughs> Do you think East Carolina would have beaten Oregon? Do you think East Carolina would have beaten Arkansas? Do you think East Carolina would have beaten Notre Dame? Maybe depending on when we played Notre Dame. Uh, you know, do you think East Carolina is, is a shoe-in to beat Liberty? The answer is no, 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 no. Oh, could we have won those games? Yeah, but we wouldn't have gone 4-0 against those four. So, to, to sit here and, you know, there's a reason BYU is the favorite. They're a three-point favorite for a reason. And I think um, if we go in there and beat them, like if we, man, if we win by more than a touchdown, I will be thoroughly shocked. I think it's going to be a very close ball game down yep. to the wire. And, uh, you know, um, I'm calling it now just because we both suck at field goals. It's going to come down to a field goal. Conrad's going to make it. I'm calling it now. How about that? Yeah. And, and, and by the way, to me, this would be a signature win. If people talk about a UCF signature win, I don't care. Look, you go to BYU and you beat them in Provo. To me, that's a signature win. It's a Power Five win, even though they're not officially in the Big Twelve in the Big Twelve yet. To me, this is a Power Five win. So, whenever name bearing opponent, to me, this is this is a, an opportunity. Also, uh, Friday night ESPN two, you know, it, it's it's a great opportunity. A lot of people are going to be watching. A lot of people that, that don't normally watch Pirate football, so uh, it's it's an opportunity. And for the, for the for the team. Uh, my advice would be: You got an off week coming up. You just had two big wins. Go out there and play and have fun. That would be my approach to this game. Let BYU stress their asses off uh, <laughs> about about how much they need this game. And I would advise our football team to go out and have fun. 
And uh, I, I, that, that's my approach to this game. Because to me, if we take, I, I don't know. To me, there's so many bad intangibles in this game. If, if, if you, if you, to me, if you're too serious, you're going to be too tight in this game. So my advice would be go be loose and have fun. Absolutely. I mean, when you look at, and this team is, and look at our team. We're coming off of two wins, and yeah, because good. yeah, exactly. And if you lose this game, you can still you can still play for the conference championship. It doesn't matter. We can I still mean, go yes, bowling. it matters in terms of the record, but in terms of our goal, if we lose this game and we win the rest of our games, if we get a little help, you know, all we have to do is finish second in the league to play for the conference championship. So uh, this game, to me, go have fun and see if you can go get it a. a Everybody's going to notice this win. I promise you. Everybody in America, everybody in North Carolina, if you if East Carolina beats BYU on Friday night, everybody will notice this win. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And I think especially with um, BYU um, has the great team. Well, they put it all together. I don't know. But it seems like, guys, and I, I, I'm not trying to – I know they're playing tough competition, and I know we can lose this game and all the reasons you've laid out, Kyle. So it's not like I'm delusional on it. But my, what my take is on, we're on, we're peaking at the right time. Kyle, I tip my hat to you. You reminded us a few weeks ago when everybody was in the panic room about how this team is heading the wrong direction, all that. And we were not doing great as we should. But guess what? This team is heading the right direction. They're peaking at the right time. And I think if we'd play this, I said this on, play, on the playback on Sunday night, if we'd play the BYU team at the beginning of the year, I would be really, really nervous. It's not that we can't win the game. Uh, the thought that we can't lose the game, but I really feel like that we're in a much better place now than we would have been in the earlier in the year. No, I, 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 in terms of how we're playing now, you know, I, first couple games of the year, we were playing really well, but we, you know, around game four, three, four, five, whatever, three through five, we, we were slipping. And, uh, uh, I, I think BYU, you know, I, I think it's a bit unfortunate as, Mike Houston pointed out, and as um, Riley pointed out, they're going to be as healthy as they've been since the beginning of the year this week. So uh, in terms of that, I think we may be catching them at a bad time. They're getting a lot of players back Friday night. Um, but in terms of the direction they're heading, uh, it could be the right time to play them. Um, you know, they they demoted their defensive coordinator. Uh, Kalani Sataki uh, is going to be uh, calling plays on defense. So um, – that you know that could play a role. Uh, you know, it's this is a very interesting game to me. Um, what do you guys, I was going to ask you that very. I think don't you think it comes down to our offense versus their defense because our defense, uh, like he said, Riley said earlier in the the show. Well, maybe, but also their offense at times has been really good. So if they're back healthy on offense, um, defense, our then, defense, then you know how well will our defense play against them. I I I don't know. You know. Is their quarterback, you know, is how healthy is he? You know, there's their question, and, you know, that, that's the thing. You know, he's still been banged up. So, so but their running back supposed to be back. Uh, it, it, they're supposed to get a lot of pieces back this week. So, I'd, well, I – speak, Well, speaking of the pieces for BYU, you know, here in the last few hours, um, you know, news broke, and this is from, I think it's KLS, out in uh, – or KSL, excuse me, KSL Sports on Twitter. It says BYU running back Chris Brooks, and then also wide receiver Cody Epps, who's a freshman. But Oh, wow. They're out. Well, 
that's, Bobby, Bobby, you cut out, but it's on the screen. Yeah. Uh, so, so those two are out for uh, so bad intel from Riley saying that the uh, running back Lockie was going to play. Yeah, I mean that that right there is uh, that's big, and especially with um, Bobby, you there? Our defense, our defense. Uh, that would be a concern I would have is how well will the defense play? Will they play like last week? Or are they going to be playing with the um, Cal with the a lot of those big plays? That's a, that's the a scary part too that you worry about. All right, can you guys hear me now? We yes. hear you now. Yeah. The All right. So they're starting so, running back and and a and a yeah. wide receiver are out. Chris, Chris Brooks, um, just under five hundred yards on the season, six yards per carry, five touchdowns, and then you had Cody Epps, their leading receiver, thirty nine catches for um, right at 460 yards, 12 yards per reception and six touchdowns. So an, an awful lot of production uh, is going to be missing, you know, per that report. Uh, you know, so from bad one, intel coming from somewhere, either from Riley or either from that report, one or the other. Well, yeah, that, that was coming from, um, you know, BYU sources. So um, we should, we shall see, but. Um, Conflicting you know, look, reports. Yeah, look, looking at the matchup, I mean, you know, with the way they've been getting chewed up, you know, extensively on the ground. I mean, you know, when, when we were talking to Riley Nelson, he was talking about the the day that uh, the the Liberty running back, you know, Day Day Hunter, or uh, I think that was his name, but uh, anyway, Day Day had two hundred twenty three rushes for two hundred thirteen yards, and like I said, uh, over the last three games. Yes, quality competition, um, very, very good competition against Notre Dame, Arkansas, and Liberty, but uh, giving up between 270 and 275 on the ground. So interested to see what Keaton Mitchell and Marlon Gunn can do. And Holton, with the way – I mean, you look at Holton. Holton's had an excellent year, but the last two games, 56 out of 70, so he's completed 80% of his passes, 615 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And uh, BYU has struggled to put pressure on the uh, opposing quarterbacks on just nine sacks for the Cougars. And I think about half of those came in the first two or three games of the year. So they've really, really struggled over the last several games since I think it was the Oregon game to get any heat on the quarterback. So uh, that better change or with the way Holton and, and Isaiah Winstead um, and, you know, obviously, CJ. obviously CJ Johnson with the way they've been clicking, it could be a fun night. Oh, yeah. What's up, What's up, Ryan Jones and, and Kyle, another point that you've made the X factor this year for sure. How about we, how about we throw more? And you made a great point. Every time you get the ball and Ryan Jones, he's one of my favorite players on the team. Every time you get the ball in his hands, good things happen. And uh, he's another one that I hope that we can make a, uh, we can go to that guy because that kid is very special and we're very blessed to have him. And you mentioned uh, Isaiah Winstead has been amazing. Uh, CJ Johnson, we, we, we knew he was going to have a good year. We felt like it, if he could just get himself uh, off the field back on track and man, he's had a wonderful year. Uh, what about what's the health on Jalen Johnson? Well, uh, against UCF, Jalen played, I think it was about 15 snaps. Yeah, not a lot. I was just wondering. But um, I think his, according to reports, his um, lower back tightened up on him once again. Some oh, man. some issues there. So 
hopefully he'll be able to go Friday, but I uh, have not heard anything definitively. And a little as far as BYU's defense is current, concerned as far as their personnel um i don't know maybe when i had to step away for a few minutes and maybe riley discussed this but um they're led by their linebackers ben bywater and then also uh, max tooley um tooley has three picks uh, and and then bywater has has two picks and then they both have right around 60 tackles so those are a couple of guys to keep an eye on for byu's uh, defense Linebackers, their strength is the same, it sounds like. So uh, it may not be the best night to go to the tight ends, but uh, it'd be interesting if we eat them up outside. Uh, I, you know, they sounds like they zoned it up a lot because they're not getting pressure on the quarterback. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, and I think he can – I think Holton, man, um, you know, anything is possible, but I think Holton is going to prove a lot of the doubters wrong. Uh, Garcia, 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 Garcia. I'm looking forward to seeing Garcia, but um, Colton has one more year, and um, I think it's uh, I think it's well, going to be great to see uh, Holton play. And I think uh, that, Holton does not have one more year, but no, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about that the remainder of this year, remainder of this year, and then we'll be seeing Garcia is going to be a great quarterback. And hey, yes, Stubblefield, uh, Flynn, and uh, what was the kid's name? I can't forget the great quarterback we got from South Carolina that committed. I know it was a verbal, it wasn't signed, but yeah, that's Raheem Jeter. Yeah, Jeter. Yeah, um, Jeter the, is great. How about Craig saying in oxygen? Uh, their altitude will be a factor. Needs sustained drives on offense to give. Yeah, them- I, I don't believe in that. I, I just don't. I, I I don't believe in the altitude. I I just. I mean, I've never I've never played in it, but I just I, I'm with Coach Houston. Just don't make it an issue. Don't make it an issue. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it ain't Laramie. I mean, it, you know, I know the altitude's high, but it ain't it ain't it ain't Laramie. I think that's about as bad as you. Yeah, get. I was going to ask that, Pays. Do we bring heaters and cold weather gear? Don't want the twenty fourteen. I, I hope so. I hope we do. I hope we do. Well, that's something, Coach Houston. Uh, kind of in a roundabout way, he didn't address it specifically, but he but he uh, he did talk about it uh, today at the press conference. Um, he was asked by. By Glenn Griffin of Pirate Radio, just talking about uh, talking about the heaters, and and he said, no, he said, no, I'm not saying that we won't use heaters, but uh, but that you know that we we'd be ready to go. Yeah, if we lose the game, it will not be because of lack of heaters. I'll than that, it'll be because we lost to a good BYU team, even though they're four and four, they're still a good football team. So I'm not. I'm not going to be making excuses of that. It'll be because we got our butts kicked by BYU. It's not because of all the other things. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll probably use those intangibles. I'll probably, make, I'll probably make excuses because I think they're real. I, I don't think it's uh, I, I don't I don't think it's made up. The, those things factor into ball games. They do. I mean, intangibles matter. They you ask you ask any coach. Yes, it's decided between the you know. But, 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 but between the hash marks, but all that other crap does matter. That's why I would take the approach. Have fun. This is this is a non-conference game against a big name opponent. You know, somewhere you've never been. I, I, I would I would tell the guys let's go have fun. This just needs to be. A, I think that's the best way to win this game because BYU is going to be tight. They need this game. They're 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 going to be stressing big time. And if we come out and play loose. Um, and can jump on them early, 
you, you could really see things unravel for BYU. I think that's our best bet. Oh, hey, speaking of jumping on them early, and remember what we did out there in, in 2015. Remember we blocked yeah. a punt early for a touchdown. What we we jumped up at least was it was it 14 nothing or we, I think we had a two touchdown lead early in the game. I I know yeah. James Summers had a had a uh you know at least probably a 30 yard touchdown run. Yeah, we did. We we, we went up early and could have won that game. Should have won that game. Uh, I don't even want to think about that game actually. But um, yeah, I was going to ask you guys that thing. Do you uh, are you going to take if you win the toss? Do you defer the halftime? uh, Yes. Second half, or you you take the ball and run. Defer. All right. So you're going to defer on that? I always defer. I always want the ball first, second half. See, I, I I used to be that way until. Lincoln Riley, <laughs> but we, I know we don't have Lincoln Riley anymore, but I just like to get the ball, especially with BYU. Uh, like if you go ahead and punch them in the mouth, like we did early in 2015. Man, you, you, you get a stop. You punch, the them, punch them in the mouth uh, defensively. Exactly. <laughs> with, with the way our defense is playing, uh, I'm with Kyle. I, I would defer. I mean, I have no problems. I don't, I mean, either way, in fact, we would get the ball back and so that's fine. The ultimate thing is, uh, we got to play well. I mean, look, you look at the turnover margin. We were plus four on Saturday night. You look at special teams. Um, this, uh, I don't know if I asked this to play back. Forgive me, guys, if I did. Do you guys think this is the most complete game we've had in the Mike Houston era? It feels like that way for me. It, you know, everybody wants to say it is. I'd have to really go back and analyze things. Um, in terms of against a quality opponent, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um but if, if you look back at some of the wins we've had, uh, you know, last year against uh, Tulane was a really complete football game. Uh, last year against Temple was a really complete football game. But neither one of those schools were the quality of this UCF right. team. And that SMU was a big win. The end of yeah, the- SMU was a very complete game also, yes. That 19. Yeah, we, we gave up a lot of points in the second half, but hold hell on the win. Um, so, but yeah, I – I would say this Tulane and Temple last year, uh, in terms of if, if you want to base it on quality of opponent, then yeah, this would be our most complete. Yeah, and looking ahead, like uh, like you said, Kyle, um, being this a non-conference game, it's uh, definitely there's more pressure on BYU because of their schedule. and Exactly. That's my point. That's why my approach to this game would be go have fun, play loose. I see what you're because, saying. Because I think all the pressure is on BYU. Because they, like he was saying, they expect to beat East Carolina because I guess we're a group of five and we're not Notre Dame. Well, they're at home. Look, hey, look, they're at home. They won a national championship in recent history back in the 80s. They, uh, you know, right? the, yeah, correct. The, they, they have Oregon and, and, and Baylor and, and uh, Notre Dame and Arkansas on the schedule. So, yeah, they expect to beat East Carolina. And they're three-point favorite. But you know what? Here's the cool part. We expect to beat them. So that's that that that's the good part. That 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 everybody right now in Pirate Nation expects to at least have a chance to win this football game. Right. Um, so that, that, like I have no problem. I have no problem with them expecting to beat us. If if he'd have got up here and said, Oh no, we think we're gonna lose, I'd question him. Um, so uh, I, and I do, hey, I don't want to say what he said off the air, but he's worried. But yes, they 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 expect to win this this game, and um, they need to win this game, and um, that's why I would take the approach and go have fun, and uh, see what happens. Because I, like I said, I think if we play loose and go out there and have some fun, 
uh, we probably come away with a win. You guys, and that's what uh, you make a great point, Kyle, because they looked like that last week after that grueling win against Memphis. They looked like they were having fun. Yeah, you? we were on a mission last UCF. week. We were on a mission. We we were having fun because we were we we were we were succeeding at the job, but we we were on a mission uh, last week. We were uber focused. You could just you could just tell to me how focused we were. There, there was there was nothing going through anybody's mind last week except beating UCF. We were uber focused. And you think the same thing is for this week with BYU? I I hope we're focused. Um, I think it would be. I would take a different approach, though. So right, I think I, I, I would. Yes, you always have to be focused. But to me, this to me this game is almost no pressure. To me, this game is is if we win this, it's bonus. We we, we get the six wins, we're bowl eligible, and you know all our goals are still in front of us in conference. If you lose it, you, you know it it, it certainly. It's one more loss on the record you don't want, but it doesn't change a damn thing about our goals. Everything's still in front of us. So to me, this is this is a bonus game. Um, it, it's a chance to really make a statement on the road on national TV against the name brand opponent. Robert agrees with you. Says the conference games are important. Kyle's right. Just let it um, hang out this week. Exactly. I mean, the, the and the play calling by the coaches were was fantastic. Everything was was good last week. I mean, you know, we missed the one field goal, but everything with special teams, um, except for that, we were, we're good. So a lot you of you want things- to talk about a game that I might run a trick play in, this would be the one, Dave. You're Mr. Trick Play. I am. This is this is the game to run a trick play uh, okay. to me. Go have fun. All right. That sounds good to me. What about you, Bubba? You you I know that you were talking about earlier with uh with it being that we playing great. I to me um, I think the team is is coming together. Like I said earlier, not to ramble. Uh, we're doing great, and um, not that you can't lose this game, but um, definitely this program, this uh, this season, we're heading in the right direction. And the great thing is, if you're wondering about bowl eligibility, the good news is now you're at a point where the next win you're going to be bowl eligible, and you have four games to do it. So, uh, and I think that we should be striving higher than just to be bowl eligible, right? I mean, we still hook him win a conference championship. We can be in a conference championship. Um, we can win nine games potentially. Do I think we, we can win 11 games potentially? That's right. Because the conference and the bowl game. Yep. The conference championship and that, but I'm just saying for, I meant for the regular season, but Correct. Um, we can easily go nine and three. Do I think that's going to happen? May not, but Hey, uh, right now all we need to be focused on as coach Houston would say is BYU. And then after that, and then having the, I think and we, and we have an off week. Yeah. Yeah. So go out there, get the win. Go out there, get the win. Come home. You got a long time to prepare for Cincinnati. Um, you know, and I think that, like we talked about before, not to get ahead of ourselves, um, but Cincinnati is beatable. Um, I didn't last year, I would have never told you that, but I knew that um, our good friend Terry Gallagher, we got to get him back on. But he and I were talking about that last year about that the things are turning our direction. And one of the things is we're getting older as a team and that teams like Cincinnati that had the COVID year where they had senior super seniors and COVID seniors, whatever you want to call them. A lot of those teams uh, like Cincinnati, those guys are gone. I'm not saying they don't have talent. Um, they have talent. They just don't have the experience that a lot of the Desmond Ritter and all those guys. Um, yeah. Since Cincinnati, you know, we'll, we'll worry about that in a couple of weeks. No, I know. I know. I'm just but saying. They, they are beatable. 
interesting game between them and UCF Saturday. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. And uh, UCF is a favorite, right? One point. Oh, it's only one point. Okay. Well, I thought it was like three or four. But oh, yeah, they're still favored. It's one point. So, okay. Got you. But, all right. So, uh, do you guys have anything before we go? I know we're. Uh, I, I, I just be interested to see what happens uh, Friday night in, in Provo. All right. Uh, so, want to remind everybody about our great, great lineup that you guys can uh, check out uh, Monday nights right here on the Sports Objective. And we have absolute empowerment. Our great friend, Coach Jeff Connors, a former strength and conditioning, conditioning coach from ECU. And he has a lot of great guests on Tuesday nights, of course, is our Pirate Preview like we have right now. Tomorrow night on Wednesday, if you want to watch live, we have uh, Sonny and Semenza, Matt Semenza, and, of course, Jason Halter, who played for the Pirates and uh, the letter winners there. And, of course, uh, we have the Pirate Breakdown. I appreciate uh, Sutton Young very much. On Thursday, the Inside Slant is our weekly look at college football. Uh, Pirates Life for me, uh, Bubba does an excellent job. Um, if you haven't get a chance to listen to the archives of that, we appreciate that very much, Bubba, for that. On Saturdays during home games, we of course have the sights and sounds of Daddy Thicklin. We obviously won't have that this week. And then on Sundays, uh, we want to thank our good friends at LNK Custom Homes as they present to you our pirate playback. We appreciate Kevin Walker, who just had a birthday. Uh, KK is awesome, and we appreciate him very much. And uh, you can give him a call. And if you're looking for great work, check out the Facebook page. Man, they put on uh, there in the Guilford County area and the Triad. Uh, do great, great work. Porky's Backyard Barbecue. want to thank their sponsorship. And I gave a shout out to Kyle for coming up with, if you have a holiday event, call the Holiday Brothers, 252-661. And Bubba had that on the screen. I don't have that memorized. Um, but you can call the great folks there. Uh, Google the number. Porky's Backyard Barbecue. Yeah. 252-661. 0337. Thank you, Bubba, for putting that back on. Um, I should have it memorized by now. And by the way, one thing, Saturday we have a trunk retreat. Um, we're going to be playing music out there. We And uh, we have a trunk retreat for the kids from 5 until 7 at 7 o'clock. We have a kids' costume contest, so you have a chance to win some prizes. At 9 o'clock, we'll have the adult costume contest, and we'll have great music and a lot of fun. That'll be Saturday at Porky's Backyard Barbecue. 805 East Boulevard in Williamston. If you're looking for something to do for the kids um, early on and the adults, then come out and see us at Porky's. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Kyle, last but not least, our good friends at pgxgloves.com. Yeah, pgxgloves.com. Always a place to get your custom gloves. If you're a golfer, if your kids play sports, go order yourself some custom gloves at pgxgloves.com and put in promo code ECU at checkout and save yourself 25%. No doubt. And in fact, uh, Craig has a great idea for maybe that uh, Mark Minikazi can make some driving gloves for all the truckers out there. And if you need some driving gloves, some guys, some people like to drive with gloves on. So um, we'll have some driving gloves. Maybe we can talk uh, cause into that uh, for sure. All right. So for Raleigh, a great guest, plus Kyle Barber, Bubba Rosenbaum. I'm Dave Richmond. Thanks for tuning in here. The Pirate Preview on the Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. And go Pirates. Post. Put it down like 90